Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I am so excited to be joined by Mallory O'Mara and Bria Grant from the Reading Glasses podcast to talk about horror by women. So welcome to the show. Thanks Thanks for for having having us. us. I am so excited to have you guys on. I think there is a bit of overlap in Books in the Freezer listeners and Reading Glasses listeners, but for those listeners who are not aware, can you tell them about Reading Glasses? Yeah, sure. take it away. Oh, we we are um, also a book podcast, uh, but we cover, we don't do specific books, but we'll do specific types of books, and we're more about like reading life in general. So we do everything from covering book tech like the latest uh you know um (laughs) really really silly stuff like the latest like book lights or um things to hold your book up with while reading or even we recently got a like a a chair for reading that we we were going to review okay that is not you really really you you do chair is generous chair is generous generous my entire hallway it's it's more of an air-filled beanbag um so things like that we review stuff but then we'll do like an episode on specific types of books um as well as like just episodes generally about reading so like uh things you can do with your public library stuff like that so you don't have to you you don't need to read a book before listening you should have read one book probably just one no specific <laughs> book because we're not a we're not a book club um it's very rare we go into like specific books it's more about reading in general yeah it's about reading life um yeah I think that's a good that Bria you got it yeah and what I'll say is that like Mallory and I um the crossover I think is that we both like um horror books a lot so this makes sense and I think and a lot of our listeners our listeners definitely skew genre because we talk about genre so much we do we're huge we're both into horror Bria's into space I'm into weird fiction um anything that sort of crosses over into those worlds is uh is our purview I like that yeah you guys cover a lot so honestly anyone with any book opinions can listen yeah yes that's the goal and Mallory, you have girly drinks coming out. I do. It's the, that's the funny thing um, for us is that Bria is a filmmaker and a writer. I am a um, uh, author and a filmmaker. And now we're at the point where people know us just from reading glasses. And they're like, wait, you, so we, we constantly get um, folks who are like, I was watching a movie the other day and it was directed by Bria Grant. We're like, yeah, we do other things too. <laughs> but I, I'm a nonfiction author. Um, Bria writes comics. Um, and my newest book, Girly Drinks, is the history of women drinking from the beginning of time until now. And it is out in October 19th. Well, that's awesome. What was the search process for that? Like, that sounds so interesting. Well, it would have been amazing if I didn't have to write the entire thing during the, the lockdown last year. Um, so the research was really fun, but it was very difficult to do a worldwide history of a subject um, while I couldn't leave my one bedroom apartment. Um, lot of online archives, a lot of trips to the library when they finally opened up. Um, but it was pretty great. The research, the reading I had to do was absolutely fantastic. I just wish that I could have, there's a lot of bars and distilleries and breweries that I really wanted to go to all over the world. And oh, hopefully I'll still get to go there someday, but um, I'm very excited about it. It's actually my first uh, foray into the world of non-genre. It's like, it's the first time I'm writing a book for normal people. I'm very nervous about it. Um, 
but I know there's a lot of horror people that are uh, cocktail nerds and wine nerds and beer nerds. What will the normies think? <laughs> um, I'm nervous. I've never done a, anything for normal people. I did an interview today and I called you a horror nonfiction writer. And then I was like, oh, maybe she's not. An, and then I was like, but I don't know how to explain that. But like up, up I, until now, a horror nonfiction writer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could just say nonfiction or history because they're both, sure. I mean, Lady, my first book, Lady from the Black Lagoon sure. is also a history and biography, um, but it's definitely horror adjacent um and you you mostly say stay in genre although more of like genre in a vague way like genre either thriller genre crime black comedies sci-fi like no matter if you're writing because mary your uh graphic novel that came out last year would you call mary horror i I would i call it i actually call it YA sci-fi but it has like horror leanings too i mean i always throw the ya in there because i feel like it has very like ya tropes like not in a negative way we just did an episode on tropes about how we like, we like <laughs> tropes we love we're pro-trope we, we're um, very pro-trope uh but um yeah I mean it is horror slash 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 science fiction but I think because it it um its namesake is Mary Shelley who I consider to be the the mother of like modern sci-fi I kind of yeah. think of them more as a science fiction book yeah I saw you just came back from New Orleans how was that it's good. I just I got out right before the hurricane. Um, which if you're listening and you haven't given money to to a hurricane Ida support, I would encourage you to do that. The, like people truly lost their homes. It's a very sad situation there. Um, but before that, it was wonderful. You know, I liked to complain about the weather, and now I feel like I have no actual complaints. Um, but it, it was very nice. I was um, directing a movie for Blumhouse that'll be out next year. Oh wow, exciting! Yeah. Uh, so what are you guys reading right now? I am glad you asked that because I brought this down here. I'm reading this comic uh, that my boyfriend uh, got me into. It's called Homesick Pilots and um, the trade just came out and it's about these ghosts who uh, in order to fight these giant monsters they get into haunted houses and pilot them like Jaegers from Pacific Rim and yeah. I'm both Brie and I are big monster people. Um, so when my boyfriend told me what this comic was, I was like, give me that now. <laughs> give me that. Um, I have been, so something Mallory and I like to do on the show is we tell people to dump that book if you're not enjoying the book. And y'all, I have dumped a lot of books lately. I've gone through like three books that I've read like a third of and stopped. But last night I started um, the new Stephen Graham Jones book, who I think is about to be on your show. Isn't he about to be on your show? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm reading, I'm reading My Heart is a Chainsaw as of last night. So I've read, you know, <laughs> 15 pages before I fell asleep, but it's good so far. <laughs> it's, it's, you have to, if you're a horror reader, you should absolutely be reading My Heart is a Chainsaw. It is uh, unmissable for horror fans. And we both really liked his last book. I thought his last book was really interesting and super surreal. And um, yeah, I just think he, he has such an interesting way of approaching horror that i that that i'm not that we we don't it's it's not very straightforward but if you're like in for the ride then it's great like it's such like literary fiction like like venn diagram like i can recommend it to like literary fiction snobs (laughs) but also like horror people and i feel like he's like that he people who like both will also like him i agree i loved um the slasher 101 chapters in my heart is a chainsaw (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's so definitely me. I'm not very far into this book. Don't tell me. <laughs> actually, you can tell me. But yes, actually, I remember someone saying that because I just read, um, or I just had a book club because I'm in a book club about oh, for support. 
support group and um they're saying there's like crossovers there was they're made i think that i think grady and steven already actually did an event together because their books are like made they should just give the books they should sell the books together yeah like when you go to a bookstore you just get both like a package deal (laughs) they really really should it's like when you go to the store and they sometimes like like they'll put everything out like um my old grocery store every sunday they used to put out a supply of um orange juice and like those tiny bottles of champagne to sell at the same time because people know they just are going to want to buy them together i feel like those two books are the same way i I agree they complement each other very well so i wanted to ask why you both are passionate about horror created by women well we're women (laughs) first off um it's for for every basically every reason you possibly could have one we're definitely women and we're huge feminists I mean, sorry, I don't want to speak for you, Bria, but I'm assuming. <laughs> what if this is how you found out? You were like, actually, I voted for Trump. I hate women. No. <laughs> like we've been doing no. a podcast together for like four we, or five years. Yeah. We talk about feminism all the time. All I'm like, the- oh, no, 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 no. You're like, that's something I did in college. Um, no, but we're, we're both really, really passionate about feminism and intersectional feminism and supporting women any in any possible way we can. Um, I also just think uh, I had... I had the experience of growing up in, uh, I grew up in New England in like a very, you know, Irish white place. And I didn't really start reading books um, by women or especially women of color until I was in college. I mean, I don't think, I I actually look back and I don't think I was ever assigned a book written by anyone who wasn't a white guy in in high school or middle school at all. So I kind of came to it later in life and in, um, my early 20s that's when I started getting into feminism and I realized like oh my god I've never read a horror book by a woman like what's wrong with me a lot of things and um I uh I I started reading everything I could find and I just became extremely hooked on the um the experience of reading horror written by and about women it's just my favorite thing to read I've obviously we were just talking about Stephen Graham Jones and Grady Hendrix there's lots of male horror authors that I love but it uh is just something that means a lot to me and I always enjoy the experience especially like fun like new new there's so many great new horror authors that are women that are coming out um with their debut books and I'm just like the more the merrier I want them all I want to read them all (laughs) yeah yeah I mean to piggyback on that I think um it's just such an interesting time in horror right now I mean it has been I think for the last like 10 years but it's really gaining steam in an interesting way um and that we like as horror fans I think we're all very versed in horror, right? That's like the nice thing about a horror fan is they pretty much like, they're going to know the tropes, they're going to know the world. And we're always looking for more horror. Like we cannot get enough. And we're always <laughs> looking for new new takes on the horror that we've seen before. Like, and I think horror and, and, and genre in general, more than any other kinds of genre are just really looking for new voices all the time and new takes on things they've seen over and over again. Like we all know the slasher, we're ready to see a new take on the slasher, which I think is why, I don't know, I haven't finished it, but Stephen Graham Jones' book um, and, and Grady Anderson's book is so, are so interesting to people because we're like ready for that new take on like the final girl, the new take on the slasher. Um, and I think when you're getting these new voices, when you're getting women and people of color and um, queer folks in their writing um, horror, we're going to have just people who are thinking outside of the box in a way and thinking, writing from a perspective that we haven't seen in the past. Um, and especially 30, 40 years ago. I mean, and there are, I mean, 
I always say that with the caveat that like there were women writing, obviously there were like people of color writing. There's some amazing like black feminist sci-fi writers um, and black, black horror feminist writers who've been around, you know, since the seventies through the nineties, you know, there's, there's so many amazing women that I feel like people are sort of unearthing as well. Um, but overall, I mean, I just think it's just a great time right now. And I, uh, for, for, to hear new voices. And I think we're all down for that because as horror fans, all we want is to like make the genre better. We want to improve the genre. And I think that a lot of the people doing that are women. Yeah. And I just, I, I do want to add too that I think it's really important to keep having these conversations. It might feel like, oh, like, why do we need to do a whole episode on like women in horror? Because uh, I, I have conversations in interviews about this, this stuff a lot for uh, my first book, Lady from the Black Lagoon. And people are like, oh, do you think we're past that? And I'm like, oh, how many women got nominated for an Oscar last year? How many women got nominated for, you know, best director? And they're like, oh, Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, as much as this conversation is so salient and topical and everyone talks about it on Twitter and online all the time, like we still need to push, like we still need to support the, these creators, these authors, these filmmakers, these comic writers, whatever, because you know, it's, it's still like a majority, majority white guy world out there. So we, uh, as much as the conversation is there, we still need to, to keep pushing, keep supporting, keep uh, helping women make the kind of art that they want to make. Yeah, because I think a lot of people's experiences are just like Mallory's where, uh, you know, in high school, the foundational works that you're reading, even if you're reading horror, you might read Shirley Jackson, you might read The Lottery, like that's one mm -hmm. that I feel like comes up. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you're reading Frankenstein. Um, but besides that, you're not really dipping into like that many. <laughs> I mean, those are like the major like female authors you're reading in general, not just in horror, um, yeah. besides maybe a Jane Austen or something like that. So I think until we start, in, we start seeing women included like on, on, on these, like these important books that need to be read lists, because there are so many of them um, that I think we still have to keep having this conversation. Mm -hmm. For sure. I agree. And I do like seeing the different forms that horror can take place and the boundaries being pushed. Like I love like female body horror. Like I know you just had uh, Becky Spratford on and she talked about Queen of Teeth and- I just ordered that book. I just ordered it. it <laughs> when I was so doing good. that interview, I was like, Becky, Bria is going to listen to this and immediately <laughs> order this book. <laughs> Vagina, teeth, tentacles. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we are all in for that. Well, with that, are we ready to talk about some books? We're always Let's. ready to talk about books. You could call me and Bria up at three o'clock in the morning. Please don't. Like, but... Do you need a book recommendation? We're here. We're ready. We're ready. We're constantly ready. Hotline. <laughs> That's my dream, actually, is to retire and just have like a book recommendation hotline. And I can. Mallory, I firmly believe that if you started a 900 number, do people still do 900 numbers? You mean pay by the minute? Is that still a thing? Yeah. Maybe like a tax, like, right? Like, but. Like, Lord, but you pay, I, like, I think people would pay like by the minute to have Mallory talk to them and recommend a book. <laughs> I, now, do I think dream. that it would be some weirdos calling you? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> but I think you would handle it fine. I'd just hang up on them, but oh, what a dream. Especially like this, you might this... have to say it in a sexy voice, but also I think you'd be good for this. <laughs> you have a special have read. They're like, Shirley do it Jackson. in a New England accent. Do it in a New England accent. <laughs> New England accents are the least. I, that would be really funny to see a phone sex line staffed entirely by people from the Boston area because it would be the least sexy thing <laughs> that you've ever heard in your entire life. <laughs> Oh my gosh, didn't they have, they had the like worst accent in America, like 
contest like bracket thing and i live in pittsburgh and pittsburgh ended up winning that <laughs> you beat like, us i'm just, I, I know i was like i can't believe we beat boston but yeah like it was like ugliest or worst accent in america <laughs> well Bria and i constantly have these conversations on the show because sometimes we're trying to figure out how to pronounce something and i'm like I'm from Boston and you're from Texas. Like we are definitely mispronouncing whatever's yeah. happening here. We need <laughs> maybe we, we can call you in. We need someone in the middle to to make a calling here on the pronunciations. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. All right, um, I'll go first. So my first pick is The Return by Rachel Harrison. Have either of you? Yeah, we both love both of these so much. I just uh, looked at her Instagram today like a creep. Like I was like, oh I was trying, I, I, she came up and then I went and like looked at a lot of her photos to be like, what is Rachel Harrison? Up she's to? good at, she's good at Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited for her new book, Tackle, or C- Tackle, Cackle, mm-hmm. which is a witch book comes out next month, which I'm wicked, wicked pumped about. And I just finished it because I'm talking to her this week and it was, it was she so fun. Know. It was very like practical magic-y. Like I was like, I love this. <laughs> but the return fucked me up. That's a pretty scary book. It is. So for people who I don't know, this is um, about a group of kind of girlfriends and one of their friends, Julie, just kind of disappears without a trace and she's gone for two years. And you know, the group is kind of ready to mourn her, but we are seeing this through Elise's lens and she is not ready to move on. Like she goes to the funeral and she just feels like she is still out there. And I mean, she ends up being proven right because two years later to the day that she went missing, she just shows up with no memory of what happened to her. And, you know, it's a whole thing. You know, she was a missing person. She goes on the news like it's a thing. But um, the group of friends decide to do like a girl's trip at an eclectic hotel. Like they all have these like really weird themed rooms and they're all getting the Madonna Inn up here in in California. (laughs) I was thinking that, but I was like, is that because that's my only like basis for this? Is because, no, okay. Yeah, it's totally the Madonna. Yeah. I love the Madonna and it was wild um, did you find any creepy ladies there like the, like the events of this book ladies that were vegetarian but now are not vegetarian all of a sudden mm-hmm. really creepy yeah so like things like that start happening and like they all all the friends except julie like elise and the other two are like she seems weird right like something's not something's not right with her and they can't put their finger on what's going on and then people in the hotel start disappearing it's a whole thing. Um, like you guys said, this was dark and this was surprising in a way that 
I think I thought I knew where the book was going and I was like, okay, like, I think I, I think I get this. And then it just took a turn where I was like, okay, that's not what I was <laughs> guessing was happening. Um, but one thing I really liked was the group dynamic and the relationship that the friends had with each other and the relationship that Elise had with Julie. Like she was like, I felt like I had the special connection with her. Like Julie could kind of like call me out on my shit and like she felt comfortable doing it. And we had like this special bond and all this stuff. And I I think that was the best part about it to me was the way that the female friendships were done in their specific relationships just felt very real like one of the complaints I saw about this book was that like the conversations were a bit circular like she's weird right like that wasn't normal I was like have you ever That's... met a lady have <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard a group of girls talk to each other <laughs> but that's what would happen you know she leaves and they would be like that was that was weird right that she always do that she didn't always do that right um so I, I don't know. I had a ton of fun with this one. And it was after this one that I was like, okay, well, now I have to read Cackle. Um, so I would say this is Fridge to me. The way that this ended up going, it had a surprising amount of horror. Like, I really, really liked this. Um, and that is The Return by Rachel Harrison. Yeah, I would say Fridge. I, I, it's not <laughs> definitely not a freezer level, but it's really spooky. Yeah. yeah, like it is. This is definitely a book that goes on like a no-fly list for bringing to a cabin. Like, <laughs> do not bring this book if you are going on vacation and are going somewhere isolated in any shape or form. And I think there's something scary about this book too that. It- like the thought of your female friends disappearing that alone is like a scary premise to me so like mm-hmm. I think that it it like goes in with something that is very specifically um like a female perspective of of uh of a very like specific relationship um but also scary well I think I went into this too kind of thinking it was more of a, a thriller so I was like we'll see like I just had very sad expectations for what this was going to be and I'm like oh this is horror <laughs> This is like capital H horror. <laughs> oh, for sure. My first recommendation is The Deep by Amakatsu. So a lot of people have read her um, first book, which was, or the book before this, which was The Hunker. I don't know if it was actually her first book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't but, know, but it was like, I think it was her first big horror book. Yeah, yeah. But both books um, are historical horror fiction I guess is what I would call it um the first one takes place at um uh during during with the Donner party I guess it's not an event I don't know how you explain (laughs) but the Donner party and and and, I would uh, say that I think you're right during their party that they threw (laughs) that party they threw no one wanted to go um (gasps) worst uh, party ever (laughs) um uh but it has like a supernatural twist and this one is similar but it's the Titanic. And um, I feel like this one went under the radar a little bit compared to The Hunger for some reason. Um, And basically it starts um, uh, with a nurse who goes onto this ship, which um, was a Titanic sister ship. And it's, um, she's a nurse during a war and I don't know when it was, but, um, and she, um, uh, remembers that she was, she, she was on the, the Titanic um and survived is that yeah she was on the titanic and survived and so when she goes onto the ship she's like oh shit this is the titanic uh like it looks just like the titanic and all this fucker again god damn it i survived this bitch have you seen the movie um (laughs) 
Uh, like five people survived. We were on rafts. Uh, we killed DiCaprio. Um, so she was like, she worked on the ship uh, when it was the Titanic. She worked on the Titanic. Um, and, and then it kind of flashes back and forward to um, the Titanic and this, a bunch of mysterious things that happened there. There's, um, uh, you know, some people on the ship who are really interested in like communicating with spirits. And then there's someone who disappears and it ends up being this like, kind of thriller with like supernatural stuff happening and all takes place in um it's not a locked room but a locked ship uh you know what I mean like so it's like and I love something that takes place at one location and like a in a very set period of time uh which you know it's going to be a set period of time because it's the Titanic there's an end you know how this book ends um so it's it's really great and I would recommend either of these books um uh, for horror readers who love fiction, I mean, fiction, historical fiction. Um, and, and I would say these crossover into like literary fiction as well. Um, and she's just a great writer. I just really liked this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I think, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say where, I was wondering where, if you would put this on the, on the counter yeah, or saying. on the fridge. Um, I think this one, hmm, there are parts of it that were really scary. I would say this I would say this is a fridge book. I'd say this is a fridge. I wouldn't put it quite in the freezer. I think it's just scary enough to where it might need to cool, might need to cool down in there with like the hummus and <laughs> orange, orange juice and champagne. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really biased on the deep because I'm really afraid of the ocean. So just like yeah. you could set anything on a boat, especially the Titanic, which I'm very afraid of. Um, and Sinking or like the things there or like, I just there's something of anything that takes place in open water or like things underwater and like very Mm -hmm. deep water scare the actual absolute shit out of me so I that's very scary (laughs) yeah ocean don't trust the ocean Mm -hmm. um yeah but I would so maybe like yeah maybe in like the crisper with the vegetables like not full fridge the lettuce yeah (laughs) Mallory you want to go Yes, I'm, and I'm really apologize. I'm sorry to Bria, who has to listen to both of my picks that I already talk about every day of my life. Um, my first pick is a book called White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi, who is one of my favorite, favorite authors. She's a weird fiction author, and I, I would say this is hor- her horriest book. Like, most of her other books are just, like, weird fiction. This is the only one she really has that's very scary, um, and part of the reason I love it is because it's a haunted house novel, and I have an addiction to haunted house novels. I will read any book that takes place in a haunted house, and this is a story about this teenage girl. Uh, her ma- her name's Miranda. She's a twin, <clears throat> and she lives in this house that is, it's sort of like a, it's, it's a haunted house, but it's a haunted house that is, like, a lot of, we, we see a lot of haunted houses in fiction that are, like, suffused with memories and they're like replaying terrible scenes like this is a haunted house that is sentient like it is acting in the present day and it is uh xenophobic it is racist it is uh not a great house it's this house that's been in the family for a really long time they're like really she comes from a a rich family and as she gets into the the events of the story she finds out like some of the things that happened to other women who were um in her, in her family, one woman that went missing um, kind of realizes that um, this house has been sort of meddling in affairs and um, driving these women to do bad things and to go, 
go mad and and uh it's absolutely terrifying it's really freaky and she starts to like lose her own identity in amongst these stories of all these other women and it's very surreal it's very weird um but i love it so much i love her writing style it's um she's definitely like very uh a lyrical writer who write herself like on a sentence level her writing is really really beautiful um but it's also scary i'm not going to put this in the freezer i have a really high we call them on reading glasses the chili rating like how many chilies would be next to a horror <laughs> would be next to um this book on a menu i would put this on the counter maybe next to the bag of pita chips or something um but i because it's more, it's it, it it's not super scary, but I can see where someone else might put this in the free in the in the fridge, not the freezer. Bria, what do you think? Super scary or not? Yeah, I don't think any of um um uh Helen Oyemi stuff is very like. I feel like it's counter worthy, but it is always really weird and like eerie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. I don't think it needs to be encased in a fridge. I have this one on my shelf. <laughs> And I have not gotten around to reading it yet. I too love a good haunted house story. Like, uh, well, um, my other one's a haunted house story too. I <laughs> I remember one year, uh, Bria and I did some episode about horror books, and Bria was like, "Mallory, is every single book that you picked on it?" I was booking. I was like, "Oh it shit! <laughs> I didn't even notice." <laughs> different kinds of haunted house, different flavors. Yes, it's totally different. <laughs> I, I basically, basically have Mallory like sees a couple on the verge of breaking up, moving into a house they think is going to help. Like she like follows them in and is like watching through like, watching behind the couch, like seeing what's going to happen. This is like, this is her dream. Oh, that is my, that is like my favorite setup. That is, it's the setup for like every haunted house book, but it works. It totally works. It's just. Don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Give me those sad people trying to fix their relationship in in a crappy house they paid too much money for. Oh man, like, uh. The grip of it. That wasn't your next pick, was it? No, uh, no, 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 no. The grip of it is a hundred percent that. Yeah, that yes. that which is a great book, but it's like it is very much like the couple moving into the and it's weird. And oh, is this a new room that you've never seen before? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's this like weird black mold coming from? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So my next pick is Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Which I've been meaning to read forever. I've never read it either. Wow. Oh. Yeah, it's a short one, too. It's, like, only 140 pages, I want to say. Um, I will read the synopsis because I feel like there's too much going on for me to, like, summarize it on my own. And I want to get it all. So it's one hot summer night. Best friends Lourdes, Fernanda, Anna, Berla, and Pauline hold a seance. And it's all fun and games, but their tipsy laughter turns to terror when the flames burn straight through their prayer candles. And Fernanda starts crawling towards her friends and chanting in Nahuatl. That's an Aztec word. Um, So I'm sorry if I (laughs) mispronounced that. The language of their Aztec ancestors. Over the next few weeks, shy, modest Fernanda starts acting strangely, smearing herself in black makeup, shredding her hands on rose thorns, sucking sin out of the mouths of the guilty. The local priest is convinced it's a demon, but Lourdes begins to suspect it's something else, something far more ancient and powerful. And as Father Moreno's obsession with Fernanda grows, Lourdes enlists the help of her Bruja craft crew and a professor to understand what is happening to her friend in this unholy tale of possession gone right. 
Ooh, yeah, I've had this on my on my to buy list for a while. Yeah, this was uh, really fun. Like they all get together. I think it's like the night before high school graduation and kind of do this like fun little seance. And like the good girl of the group is like the one that gets um, possessed and she just starts Mm -hmm. acting like really weird and wearing dark makeup and like being like much more sexually aggressive (laughs) than she usually is. Like I would describe this as kind of the craft uh, meets Jennifer's body with Mexican teens in Texas. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, I didn't know it to took, took place in Texas. Bria must read all, all I, Texas I books. I do love all the Texas books. Very true. Very true. I just, I really liked this. And all of V. Castro's books just have this, she just captures like female rage. I think like in a way that just comes through and it is like, the prose is like biting. Like it is like, you feel it. You feel like the passion and the anger going on and i i love it it is definitely like the craft meets jennifer's body that's a great pitch it's a great pitch nice 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 um and i had a ton of fun i read this in one one setting like i could not put this down and that is oh this i would say like the cold part of the fridge oh in the back where like everything gets kind of freezer burned yeah like (laughs) you're gonna risk a bit of freezer burn on it but not quite like it's not gonna give you nightmares but it's it doesn't hold back so that is goddess of filth by v castro cool man i almost just called an audible and did a different book but i i do like this okay i'm gonna just use the book i decided on um (laughs) i i had another thought where i I just another book came up i was like oh should i whatever it's fine um so my next one is bunny by mona awad um which (sighs) is a great fantastic book speaking of uh of new england um there um it's about this woman samantha who um is in an MFA program. And if you've ever been in a master's program, that's the true horror. Um, <laughs> and um, she is um, a scholarship student. She like, you know, she's not, she feels like she doesn't fit in with all these uh, these other women in her program who are just, they're super kind of uppity and they're very like cliquish and they all call each other bunny. Like that, that they refer to each other as bunny and they, um, they're really like, they're the rich girls at school and they like look down on everybody else. And at some point they invite her um, to this salon that they have called the smut salon. Um, and she decides like, she's going to go and she goes and she realizes that there's some like ritual stuff happening there. There's some weird shit happening there. And she's, reality starts to kind of not make much sense as she slowly becomes one of the bunnies um and I would say like like just speaking of like Jennifer's body and things is like it's it's very like Heather's meets like with like more magical realism in it um it is like (laughs) there is something look there's nothing scarier than a than a lady click there's nothing scarier oh, they do than so like, much hugging. Oh, so much and, hugging. And, and so and much touching. So good at leaving people out. Like that, there yeah. was nothing like more horrible than being a teenage girl and being left out of a clique. Like that was 
peak horror for me. Um, and so this kind of recaptured that for me in, in a lot of ways. Um, and also the horror of being like, I always felt like I went to graduate school and I felt, felt like I was like the dumbest per person in my program. <laughs> and like, she kind of captures that as well, what it's like to go to graduate school and be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and like not caring, but trying to care. And like, she just kind of captures the insecurities that come with being that age, being around a group that is obviously treating you as an outsider and then them suddenly being like, oh, you can be a part of us and like what the links you'll go to to be a, a part of that. Um, it's so sinister. That's really the such, best word I can think of it. It is, it. And, it's, and it's very like surreal and it gets weirder and weirder. I, I would say this is like a cross between like a weird fiction, literary fiction and horror, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think it's like a countertop book. Like, I think it's, it's more of like, maybe it's in your kitchen counter. It might even live in your dining room or something, but like, <laughs> um, I, it depends on like what scares you. Obviously all these do, I think, but, um, that one for sure is, um, it's not, it's not a straight up horror. There's no one running around with a knife trying to murder you. Although it does get weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're running I, around with an emotional knife. Yeah. Yeah. I started listening to this as an audiobook and I had to stop because the narrator was too good at doing like the bunny no bunny I was like yes I oh I I listened to I did I did like a listen on list I read half and then I listened to the end of it and yeah it is horrifying it's <laughs> it's, it's irritating on purpose and you're like yes. and I'm like I know this was what you were going for I can't do this today thank you about all the time. I'm so sorry, Bria, but I'm so obsessed with it. I I love this author. I love everything she's ever written. It's The Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan, um, who I just adore. Um, and this is another haunted house book. It is about this woman, and um, she's was living down south, and she gets out of a crappy relationship, and she just she she's a writer, and um, she moves into this old farmhouse in Rhode Island. Um, New England and um she in the basement which is of course the first place you gotta go if you when you move into a creepy house uh she finds this part like this weird manuscript that was written by the previous occupant of the house who was I, I think an anthropologist um and the whole manuscript is about how this the previous occupant of the house just became obsessed by this tree that's on the property it's this like it's just like creepy ass tree and the as she's reading through this manuscript it just becomes clear that the previous occupant of the house just started slowly losing their mind and like the this tree the red tree became like the center of their world and of course that's what starts happening to her she starts getting really obsessed with uh the tree um it's it, between that and like the stuff that happens in the creepy farmhouse. This is a really, really scary book. Um, it's great because there are like, it's a book uh, to read if you like checking out like like little bit, bit, bits of other manuscripts and things. And uh, I forget the, the word for it. Um, but if you love a, a book that has like little parts of other stories in it, because um, you get to read some of the manuscript along with the protagonist, which is really fun. Um, and it's just great. It's a great, great autumn book uh, because it's, you got New England, fall in New England. You got a spooky house. You got a spooky tree with red leaves. Like it is really perfect for autumn. But this is a freezer book. This and I am I have a very high tolerance for for it's very hard for a book to scare me. And this is a freezer book for certain. Like put some frozen peas on top of it just in case it doesn't open up. <laughs> it's spooky. It's really good. You just read this, Bria, right? Yeah, I just read it. It's also and and it's and and it's also mm. the protagonist is queer, which is great. Oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, um, for those who are looking for, for that. Um, yeah, it's great. Super scary. Super scary. Super like, like isolation horror, which is something I really like. Um, and I feel like, yeah, this is a good isolation horror. Yeah. For, and I, I always forget, cause a lot of people, um, for sort of forget Caitlin Kiernan, um, who is a, a trans woman, uh, when they're doing roundups of queer horror, because she's been writing for so long, like a lot of her books came out in the early nineties. Um, and she's been, most of her books are, um, have queer female protagonists. Um, and, uh, so she was, she's been doing it for a while and all her books are, fan, her, are fantastic. She has another series that's more urban fantasy than it is horror, um, but her other book, uh, The Drowning Girl, is also very, very spooky, very surreal, very queer. Um, she's just fantastic. I'm like one of those annoying people, like, I'm just like a one-woman street team for Caitlin Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one has been on my TBR. I didn't know it was... Um... A freezer book, though. That is. Oh, it's scary as shit. It really, <laughs> it's a really scary book. Really good haunted house because it's there's just enough. Um, if you're the kind of person who gets freaked out by books where you're not 100% sure what's happening, and it, Bunny's kind of like this too, where you're mm-hmm. like going through it with the protagonist and you're like, I don't know if what's happening, if what's happening is really happening, or at least if it's happening in the way that I that the protagonist thinks it's happening. Yeah, it's an unreliable narrator situation. Um, and especially, yeah, especially the red tree. I, there's a part of the red tree that is very scary where she's like walking towards the tree and she, and, I, and this is not that much of a spoiler, but like she keeps walking and she's like, why haven't I gotten there yet? It wasn't that far. Like stuff like that where you're like, and then she just keeps not getting there. And you're like, oh my God, like what, what is she going to get there? Like, it's just like this weird, it, I would not read it if you were like alone in your home by yourself Aww. for some extended period of time. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely you plan these. You plan this stuff out. Um, you this is not a book you want to bring. Uh, this, this is a book you read in like the mall. Yeah, bring it home for the holidays with your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I just moved up uh, from LA to the mountains, and I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, I'm kind of afraid that it's going to affect my reading choices now because there's like a lot of things I don't want to read while I'm up here because we're really remote, and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to misery. Oh yeah, anything like that. I'm like, oh, I wonder, I'm really nervous that I'm not gonna be able to, to read this stuff anymore. So what are you gonna do about all those books about those sad couples who buy homes in the mountains? Put them in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take them on vacation with me. Not, not that any of us are gonna be going on vacation soon, but yeah, I'm definitely, been, I've noticed that cause right now I'm reading, I'm also reading uh, Chuck Wendig's new book, The Book of Accidents, which is exactly that couple going to a house to fix their problems and scary stuff happens um and i've been reading it like only during the day because i'm really nervous to read it at night. <laughs> i love that so i'm gonna have to get to these books so um, I, well i'm i definitely both of us need we both need to read queen of teeth i think yeah or uh, goddess of filth queen of teeth is another book. Queen of teeth. <laughs> that i i i literally just bought queen of teeth so i mean I, that is on my list but goddess of filth is now going to be on my list yeah i can't wait till you hear what you guys think of them Something I do like to ask all the guests that come on the show is for a chilling obsession or something in horror that you've been enjoying lately. It can be a movie, show, podcast, book, anything. Besides me being obsessed with haunted houses. Because um, <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, let me think. I mean, I I love like sci-fi horror and I it's shocking I didn't bring like a sci-fi horror book to this. Um, I was sitting there thinking I might, I should, but I'm going to, so I can talk about a book that I wanted to talk about, but didn't, but there's this book called like, called the luminous dead. Um, 
which is a great horror sci-fi stuff. And I love, I love genre smashing where you put two different things and it's in, and you combine them and um, sci-fi horror to my favorite genres. So um, yeah, anytime you can put like a horror book in space or like a horror book in, you know, some, like in some weird dystopian future, like I'm there for that. Uh, I think my other obsession besides haunted houses is definitely werewolves. I actually have all of my werewolf books pulled out of our library and they have their own special shelf because I, I have so many of them and I love them so much and some of them are more literary and aren't like meant to be horror um but I will re literally read anything that has a horror uh or uh, has a werewolf character people are dealing with it doesn't matter if they are werewolves if they're fighting werewolves if they they're they want to kiss some werewolves <laughs> like I just want I because you, you can use werewolf um Werewolf, werewolf mythology is a metaphor for so many different types of things um and i and it's, it's like the haunted house thing i can endlessly read stories about either werewolves coming of age or people fighting werewolves that are eating their small town i just i'm completely obsessed Ooh, what are some of your favorites because i feel like that's something i have a hard time finding oh this is why I need to run my recommendation line i actually think that works <laughs> Cause it's seven. Oh yeah. Oh well. So you no, get no, please, no listeners. Don't take that phone number. I'm gonna get it. Um. Uh. Well, we were talking about Stephen Graham Jones. His his novel Mongrels is absolutely incredible. Um. Some other ones I really like. Uh, Sharp Teeth by Toby Barlow. Um. Which is all less less horror, but it's still really fun. It's all written in verse, and it's about um, a bunch of werewolves in L.A. who are going up against these dog catchers that are determined to find them. Um, well, let me look at some more recent ones. I'm, I love The Devourers by Indra Das. Um, that is really fun because it's like Indian mythology and werewolves and it's very, very historical. Fans of Almakatsu will love that one. Um, uh, let me see. Oh, The Last Werewolf Trilogy by Glenn Duncan. I absolutely am nuts about Hemlock Grove, um, which I, I don't think this show's on anymore. I don't think they all, I don't they did a couple seasons. seasons. They had. Yeah, they did a um, that's a really, really fun one. Um, yeah, there's so many. We need uh, that's one thing I will say though, I want more werewolf books by women. I have Night Bitch, um, which is a I don't know if it's a werewolf, but it might be a were dog situation. That book that came out in July. I have it on my holds list right now. Yeah, um, did, you, time, like. <laughs> did you either of you read it? I just I, I ordered it. Mine's waiting at the library too. Oh, it's funny. Oh, well, I'll be hopefully reading at the same time because mine should be, I'm e-reading it. Um, and I, I think it's coming in soon. Um, but yeah, just please more, more lady werewolves. My favorite thing is monsters kind of. Oh uh, yeah. My favorite thing is monsters was one of our, both of our favorite comics when it, the year it came out. Mm -hmm. So, so, so good. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic, there are some really great, um, comics about female werewolves. Uh, I mean, if you like, uh ladies dealing with monsters again you can get bria's book mary uh which is uh people taking care of monsters mary taking yeah. care of monsters Not mary shelley's great 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 to the nth degree uh uh granddaughter uh, yeah. but yeah anytime you want a re werewolf recommendation email me i got you <laughs> and final thing i like to ask our guests is for a final girl song we have a spotify playlist where we add every what everyone's final girl song what, you've what been a final girls what do you mean by a final girl song what is it that? can be 
I've seen a lot of people take it like different ways. Like you're in the slasher movie and you're like fighting the monster. Or is it like you're standing there victorious? Is it like end credit song? Like there's a little bit of leeway. <laughs> wow. Korea, you've been a final girl. What are, what, have your, what are your actual final girl songs? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, oh, I wasn't prepared. Y'all, I've been listening just so much. I, so I directed this movie and it's um, about country music singers. So I've only been listening to country music and country like inspired music. Um, there's a great, I'll just throw this out there, a great Nancy Sinatra song called um, Summer Wine, uh, which is just amazing. And it could be a total final girl song, but there's all these like old country songs that I'll just like, should be in horror movies and I kind of like don't want to give them to y'all because I don't think I'm going to use them for this but I think they should be but there's like one by Towns Van Zandt called Waiting Around to Die Ooh. like how great for a horror movie uh so good. to have something like that but um yeah I mean I'm gonna say maybe that Nancy Sinatra song would be pretty cool okay I will add that to the list yeah playlist yeah, uh, your listeners should watch Bria's latest movie that she was in, Lucky, that she wrote. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a that's a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Was that the time loop one? The time. Well, it's not really time loop, but yeah, stuff. It's like happening over and over again. But yeah, yeah. I love that movie, and also like talk about like female horror. I feel like I saw a lot of like men I follow online who were like, I didn't get it, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to them too, yes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> this doesn't have to be for you. Don't, don't watch it then. Yeah. Shit. Um, yeah, it's funny. I feel like I had I had that and I had a movie I wrote called 12 Hour Shift and I directed. They both came out um like about six months apart. And um it was it's because 12 hour shift is much more just like a dark comedy that's really like I mean, it's really like, it's funny and kind of like Tarantino-esque and stuff. And you kind of could see the like differences between the audiences. Like Lucky is like this surreal slasher with this like, I mean, very much like we had like an agenda, you know, whereas I I, I did as well 12 hour shift, but it was much more of like, it was very much more subtle. Um, So just seeing the different responses to those movies was interesting. And so Mallory, what's your final girl song? Yeah, it the best that I can think of is that I have this song that I listen to before I do every any like large speaking event that's like my pump-up song it's uh it's just a tease by Thunder Mother which is weird because I'm wearing a Thunder Mother t-shirt right now I'm it's an all-female metal band that I'm obsessed with I by the um, way knew Mallory was gonna say this band <laughs> I, love I was like which female metal band are you going to name right now <laughs> I, I love them so well, it was either the, gonna be a Thunder Mother song or a Burning Witches song, but it's just a tease by Thunder Mother is like the perfect when you listen to it. It's definitely the song that would play like as I'm plunging the knife into the guy's head and then I like stand up and I'm all covered in gore and stuff and I like walk away victorious. It's definitely my uh, my victory song. It's just like, it's what I always used to pump myself up. I don't remember when it started. Um, my when my first book came out I just I think maybe I noticed that I w- was listening to the song and it was making me feel like powerful I was like oh I need to keep doing this and now I, any anytime I do an event I listen I, I listen to it I, that. I will have to check it out <laughs> I mean I'm definitely gonna add it to the playlist but I love this I love that we had a uh, like Mallory bingo card like haunted house like female metal band <laughs> I, uh, I I have a thing where if I I don't just like anything I'm either obsessed with something or I don't 
engage with it. This is what I always say is that Mallory dives headfirst into the deep end of every of the pool. She's like either completely soaking wet, like down like nine feet under, or she or she has like not dipped her toe in. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking to me. Thank you. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. So where can people find you online? You can find Reading Glasses wherever you listen to podcasts. We are now also on Spotify, Apple, whatever. Basically anywhere you go to find a, a podcast, you can find Reading Glasses. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram um, at our Reading G Podcast on Twitter and at Reading Glasses Podcast on Instagram. I think that's all the only places where we have our newsletter, but that's... Yeah. You can, you can sign up on... Uh, if you go to our website, maximumfun.org slash something slash Reading Glasses... You can find us. Just a Google, a quick Google. But you got to add podcasts because if you just do reading glasses, you're going to get a bunch of glasses websites, which is also cool, but not yeah, what you're for. Yeah. <laughs> you do need the little podcast in there. And then uh, Girly Drinks comes out next month, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, you can pre-order it basically anywhere. Um, I am doing, uh, I'm working with our my old local indie that I that Bri and I love, Skylight Books. Uh, if you pre-order it through Skylight, I will be able to sign it for you and personalize it if you want me to write something weird. Maybe recommend you a werewolf book I can write it in the book for you um and but yeah you can get it anywhere books are sold I do I'm doing the audiobook for it so you can also pre-order it on Libro FM or Audible or wherever you get your audiobooks from um yeah that's awesome all right well thank you again for coming on and talking female horror thank you thank you Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer. I'm on TikTok at Books in the Freezer. You can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. I did forget what the email address was <laughs> there for a minute. Um, so this was the first episode I had recorded since moving my computer into my den area where I work from now. So editing it, I did notice there was parts where it was a bit echoey or when the air kicked on and you can kind of hear it humming in the background. So just know that I did notice those things. So I am going to work to correct them in future episodes. I'm obviously also a big podcast listener and I know how important sound quality is. So just know I did notice that and I am working to fix that in future episodes. So thank you for your patience as we work to uh, get the sound quality back to where it used to be. (laughs) If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways you can do that. One of them is to support the podcast on Patreon. There's a one, three, and a five dollar level. Lots of different perks, early episode releases, group chats, movie nights. You can go to patreon.com slash books in the freezer to check that all out. Another way to support the podcast is to use the Amazon link that will be in the show notes. You click the link, it essentially takes you to Amazon and you would just do whatever normal Amazon shopping you would normally do. And a small percentage of that comes back and helps the podcast. Things people have purchased recently using the Amazon link include some box hair dye, screwdriver bit set, diapers, just like, you know, essential things. So thank you to all of you who use that link. And there are, of course, ways to support the podcast that do not involve spending any money. One of them is to just share about it on social media. Word of mouth is huge for podcast growth, especially small indie podcasts like this one. 
Also, leaving a review on something like Apple Podcasts is very helpful because it helps the podcast gain more visibility. So thank you to all of you who have taken the time to do that. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Instagram at that's what she read. That's that's with two A's or on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. Thank you.